Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Well, welcome back again to another Set for Life radio. Uh, today, I have a good friend with me here at Set for Life Studios. His name is Andrew Bateman, and he is a professional guitarist. Hello, Andrew. How's it going? Doing good. Grateful to be here. Oh, man, I'm glad to have you. You know, we just kind of kicked this off spur of the moment thing. Andrew was visiting. I said, hey, let's make a podcast because people, for some reason, love guest speakers. So we had something on our mind. We had the concept of... uh Worship, right, Andrew? Yes, sir. What do you have to say about worship? Um, so much that I don't know how to contain it in this time, so I'm just going to talk from the heart a little bit. Um, but of course, having been in the music industry and then also as a worship leader, I've seen rather the misappropriation of worship many times, and I yes. think that's what I wanted to speak on more. Um, so of course, we sometimes get moved by the the speakers in the house and the, the the kick drum and all this stuff and the lighting effects and stuff that just tends to move the carnal man just as much, and we mistake that as a movement of the spirit. And the fact is, worship is far beyond that. In fact, that's just one facet of worship. So, you know, I think that Romans 12, 1 states it well when it says, it's Paul speaking, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This reasonable service of ours is to be in a constant state of giving thanks to our king. And we have to understand who he is to do that. We have to understand his character. We have to understand his identity and his identity in us and know why he is praiseworthy and how little we deserve the gift that he gave us. I'm glad you said that to know him, uh, because I'm trying to convey to a lot of people that one way to know the Lord is to study his word. Amen. And there's a lot of Christians won't do that. You know, that's, I think, the difference between a just a musician, because a musician can play things, but, uh, you know, they, they can play an instrument. I've got a little joke that I play the triangle, you right, know, right. ding, you know, I'm a musician. But, you know, a musician, I think you would agree with me, a musician is not the same thing as a worship leader. Very, right? very true. So what you're talking about is being a worship guy, leading people in musical worship, but they got to know who God is. Exactly. And they got to get that from God's word. And that's why Andrew just went to Romans 12, 1. You got to know who your God is. Uh, Andrew, I'm thinking about uh, when uh, the Battle of Jericho. Yes, sir. Who were the first guys to go around? You got the worship leaders right out front. The worship leaders were in front. So uh, if anybody out there is listening, you're thinking about being in a worship group or something like that, don't just jump in and say, hey, I want to be the worship. I want to be in the worship team. Do you know your God? You're in for do, a humbling time if you do that. If you if you just jump in, you're asking for it. Do you know your God? Do you pray? Do you study his word? Or do you just know how to pick a good guitar better than anybody? And I'll just jump in with the rhythm and let's just go. That's it, We're talking about a much deeper thing than that. Absolutely. So, uh, Andrew, you showed us uh, Romans 12 and 1. It's talking about reasonable, uh, reasonable service. Uh, 
it says also, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Friends, we have to prove we have something to prove. You ever have people tell you, I ain't got to prove nothing to you. I don't have. Well, we got something to prove to the unbelievers out there Amen. because they're going to spot a fake. You know, Andrew, I think once we talked about me getting some uh, tracks from your albums. Yes, sir. Some music tracks and me standing with a guitar and pretending like I'm strumming while your music was going. <laughs> right. Right. What are people going to do when they see me? They're going to think you're a phony. If you see any of those commercials where they got people on there that don't know how to play the guitar, even the people that don't play guitar can tell you can't play the guitar. But you're a musician, Andrew. So what about non-musicians? Are they going to spot me being a fake if I'm playing to one of your tracks? Generally, yes, they are. And that says a lot about how they would see us in a spiritual light. Exactly. Friends, if you're out there pretending, you're like playing to a track, sort of. And it's there's music, but it's not coming from you. You don't have to be a musician to spot a fake guitar player. You're going to see it. And that's, that's, a, I'm, I'm glad we brought that up because that's one thing about living the Christian life is you have to prove your, through your reasonable service by not being conformed to the world. That means you don't just run and do what everybody else does. You transform by the renewing of your mind it means you got to start thinking different. Why? So that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. There's a lot goes into this. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is this, no matter how deep we go into this, it's just going to scratch the surface. And if I can say this, most of us probably know that song, How Great Is Our God by Chris Tomlin. Mm-hmm. I used to couldn't stand that song because it was so simplistic. And I thought, can we really not give God more than this? And the fact is I started to ponder that song and I, I started to ponder that statement, How Great Is Our God. I realized this is about the most poignant statement of worship in a song out there because we realize the more we try to ponder how great our God is, the more we realize we have only scratched the surface. And it's not about, you know, obviously we need to do our best. The the builders of the tabernacle were gifted and they had to do their best. But the point is, if it's just our best, it has to be what's coming from him through us. In fact, in, in uh, Chronicles, it says, excuse me, Corinthians, what do we have that we did not receive? Why then do we boast as if we didn't receive it? The gifting is from him. We don't have to try to make ourselves or pump ourselves up to be anything. It's a matter of what he does with us. And And, you know, talking about doing your best, I've seen musicians, I'm not talking about worship guys, I was talking Mm -hmm. about musicians, they get up there and, oh, God forbid they hit a bad note. (laughs) And man, the whole thing, oh, you can just see it on their face. Oh my gosh, I played a bad note. Oh, that's so terrible. Or I can't stand the way the drummer's going or whatever. You know what? To us out there worshiping the Lord, we don't see that. We don't catch that. So it's... Where did I get that? I just heard it in your words, and I just ran. So well, you know, if I can, that brings back a memory. We went to a worship conference together, yeah, and I was still kind of immature and still a little bit carnal in my thinking coming out of the professional music industry. And I'm thinking there's going to be all these amazing bands at this showcase, and thinking I had to be at some level. And the first act that got up there, there was a guy he had a withered arm or something like that, and they didn't have the best timing. He was playing a cajon. The singer wasn't the best tune, and I'll tell you that was the the, the most authentic worship I think I'd ever heard. And and at that time, I realized if I could just have half the heart that those guys have, it's not about my gift; it's about the heart. It's amazing. It's the heart. It all comes from the heart. Salvation versus deal with the heart. Amen. They don't deal with the mind. Oh, I know Jesus died on the cross, but do you believe it? What's coming out of your heart? That's very important to get that deep. And like Andrew said, we can't hardly scratch the surface. We're going to give you a podcast here today, and we're going to convey some things. But, man, th- th- we could run this for a month. Amen. I mean, gosh. What have you got on there uh, for next, Andrew? Well, one thing, uh, one thing that we can gauge this by is, are we truly worshiping? And if that's the case, when are we worshiping? Of course, it says 
that we are to consistently be worshiping and be praising. But what about in the dark times and the trials of life? And there's there's three verses that I that I say daily, and that's uh, Romans five three, James one two, and First Peter one six. And they all say relatively the same thing in different ways. But I'd like to read from Romans five three, which says not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit given us. Amen. And likewise, in First Peter one six, it says we greatly rejoice in manifold trials, not not that may occur, that will occur, the fiery trials that will occur in the lives of genuine believers. And to see that, if you want one way to kind of gauge, am I really worshiping or am I just going along with a band? Look at what's going on when everything seems to be falling apart around you. Are you standing firm because your heart is rooted and established in Him? Amen. You know, glory and tribulations, guys, that's something I don't want to do, Andrew. Amen. When I have a tribulation, I want to get mad and I want to kick something and punch a hole <laughs> in the wall. So there's a level of discipline that has to come in. Absolutely. That if I know my God, like we're talking about, we know and understand him and we got to prove it outwardly to other people. There's a there's a discipline that has to kick on that I have to go, you know, gosh, I want to kick a hole in the wall because whatever's going on, but I've got to do better than this. Amen. And I wanted to get onto discipline because Jesus led uh, 12 disciples, and the root word of discipline is disciple. Amen. Now, a bunch of you listening to me right now, you don't know who Andrew Bateman is. I want you to hear some of his music right here because I want you to hear what kind of a gifted musician he is. So take a listen to this right here real quick.
Now, Andrew, when you first picked up a guitar, could you play like that? Absolutely not. What did you have to do to get to that level? I had to practice quite did a bit. Did you practice two or three times? No, I practiced relatively consistently. When did you start playing guitar? I guess that would have been around sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yes, and sir. you're still doing it all the time. I am. You haven't really stopped. You do it every day. I do. It's, it's a profession, and uh, it's about the only thing I feel that I'm good at, but... You know, again, I know it's I know it's of him, though, because I did practice. But at the same time, you know, when people ask how you do it, I say, I don't know. I'm just grateful that I can because I know it's definitely a gift. But at the same time, we do have to own that we do have to put in work and develop and be disciplined. Right. Well, I don't know how to play guitar because I didn't, never picked one up. And I never kept a discipline to stick to it. Now, well, the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people say, yes, I'm a Christian, but mm-hmm. they don't maintain the discipline. Absolutely. And they're just, well, I'll I'll pick it up when I feel like it. You know, that level of playing, Andrew, you can't get to that by saying, I'll just pick it up, you know, once or twice a year. For sure. You got to be on top of it. And when it sounds that beautiful, people listen. So when you play guitar, it's not playing to a track like you're pretending. You're really actually playing. Yes, sir. And people look at you and they'll say, that guy is really playing that. Mm-hmm. Friends, what I'm trying to say is that when somebody looks at you and you've got tribulations coming and you're, you, you glory in the tribulations, people are going to look at you and go, man, that's really coming out of this guy. I know him. He's going through this health issue or this financial problem or some number of whatever things that's going on. But look at him. Glory and tribulations. That is authentic, real stuff. And then they'll come and say, how long have you been doing this? How did you learn to get to this level? I say, well, I just keep doing it. And friends, that's what we're trying to encourage you to do is to keep doing it. Be a disciple of Christ. Have a discipline about what you're doing. Do it all the time. It should not be a project. It should be your lifestyle that you want to do it, that you enjoy doing it. I'll tell you, Andrew likes playing guitar. You can tell by listening. But do you enjoy Jesus? Do you enjoy following him? Have you renewed your mind? Has Have you made it transform you that you actually like to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God? Or do you just do it on Sunday? Because if you're just doing it on Sunday, Andrew, I don't see that being a discipline. Very true. Okay. Very true. So I figured I would use your music to illustrate a point. Absolutely. Now, I know you've got more to say. What What's in there? Oh, I'm trying to dig through it all. There's so much. I'm trying to pick out the, the pieces for this, you know. But one thing that you spoke of, 
you know, it's because we are doing something countercultural when we are glorying in tribulations. We are accounting it all joy when everything seems to be falling apart around us. We don't look like the rest of the world. Whereas, and I'm not bashing contemporary Christian music or anything like that. I used to be a metalhead before all this, and I've gone through all these different stages before I really learned what true true worship was. But the fact is, even the music of you know some of the churches and things, they can it can appeal to the carnal man. We love to hear bass drums getting pumped up and stuff like that, and it kind of resonates in us, and we get into it. But the fact is, that can work for the carnal man too. But mm-hmm. when we glory because things are falling apart, or our plans aren't working out, or That's we're headed where it gets down real. a road, exactly, and they see, why aren't they tripping out? Like the rest of the world, because does. I'd be freaking out. Exactly. How come he's not? How come you're not? But it's, that's that's where the discipline of understanding and learning who God is through both the Word and through His fellowship is so important. Because that's how you learn the fact that you can trust He has a providential path that's better than anything we could imagine. And sometimes we in our humanity stray, and He is a shepherd. He will use His shepherd's crook to draw us back on when we stray, as we will. And He He knows this. He sees that we're not going to be perfect. And we are to praise him even because sometimes that shepherd's crook is uncomfortable, but oh, yeah. he's putting us back on the path of his providence, what we know is better. Romans eight twenty eight, he works all things together for our good. That means he is a master of logistics, making sure that even when we try to do our best to mess things up, whether directly or indirectly, he is still there to pull us back and look out for our good and his glory. Now, Andrew, Romans eight twenty eight. are you sure it says all things? Are you sure it's not some of the things? No, it's, it's all things. Uh, it's it, everything. Like 50%, maybe 90%, all things? All things. What does all mean, Andrew? All things. It means bit. all. It means everything. Everything you're going through, friend, those of you hearing me, please listen. Everything you're going through, the Lord knows how to work that out. But you've got to love him. You've got to celebrate him. You've got to have joy. You, you've got to say, Lord, I'm yours. And then things will happen. And that looks authentic. And I'm telling you, this disciple thing I'm talking about is not go to church, pray before dinner. It's not these rules and check boxes. We're talking about experiencing and enjoying being in Messiah Jesus. Amen. That's what we're talking about. I love this stuff. You know, <laughs> Andrew, I know you do too. Absolutely. And it's all because of him. We could have we cared less about this in our carnal lives, but for him pursuing us. Amen. Amen. Well, what else do we have here? I know we got some more. Well, you know, if we look in, in Hebrews, it says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you have need of endurance that when you have done the will of God, you may obtain the promise. So one thing I think, too, is understanding the fact that there's a lot of we can call it prosperity preaching. What there, there's the prosperity gospel is a real thing, but it's a matter of what economy you're looking at. There mm-hmm. is prosperity in the kingdom of God, but it's not what man puts on prosperity. But I digress. But the fact is, this the verse in Hebrews says that we we have need of endurance because we have things that we will have to endure in this life. Do not be surprised at the fiery trials which are to try you. Being a Christian is challenging. It's absolutely rewarding beyond measure, but it's also challenging. And we cannot understand praise until we understand how the Lord orchestrates all these things for our good and his glory. And that's when we understand what worship is, not just a song, but the outpouring of we trust you in spite of everything that we see in front of us because of what you have done in our hearts, because we would not be mindful of any of this were it not for you and your transformation within us. Worship definitely exceeds music. You know, I was in Africa one time. And we stopped by a place where they help the deaf people and, and uh, mentally challenged people and some handicapped. And they brought out a bunch of deaf girls. They couldn't hear a thing. And they did worship. They danced. And how they did it, I don't know. I've got video of it. My goodness, it's great. They kept track of time in their minds, the lead girl. And they would spin and they would turn and they all danced synchronized. And they would put their hands in the air and shake them. And that meant hallelujah. And it was worship, and there wasn't an instrument among them. They couldn't hear a thing. I was really touched by that. It exceeds just the music. 
Musical people, God bless you. Wonderful. You got that discipline. But how's your heart? That's what we're asking. How is your heart? Amen. Um, I want to sh- uh, bring up First Chronicles sixteen twenty nine. It says, give to the Lord the glory due his name. That means it's owed to him. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Amen. Holiness is a beautiful thing, and that's where we worship him. God loves it. And you've got to give him glory due his name. It's like, you know, if I go pay $2 and 50 whatever cents for a gallon of gasoline, I better get a gallon of gasoline. If they short me, I'm going to be a little upset. Well, you know, there are things that are due to the Lord that we should be giving to him. He paid for us. He died on the cross for us. This is due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Amen. He he deserves it. He's worthy of it. So, Andrew, at this point here, I want to ask you if, if, uh, you're th- we're thinking about people out there who are just listening to this podcast. Oh, it's another podcast. Wonderful. Oh, you know, guest speaker. Let's take a listen. But friend, I want to I want to get straight to it for real. You haven't really given your life to Jesus yet. You're kind of playing like you are. You're you're you got a guitar in your hand figuratively. Oh, I'm a Christian. Look. And when the music track comes up, you act like you're playing it. So you you're saying you're a Christian and when you're around your Christian friends, you just kind of play along. But I'm asking you, where's your heart? Where's your discipline? What's going on when your church friends aren't around? Are you in your tribulations glorying in the Lord? Are you given what's due his name? We want to ask you to consider how your heart is. How's your heart? And if you want to give your life to Jesus, then Andrew, how can they do that? How can, how can somebody give their life to Jesus Christ right now? You know, as you just mentioned sacrifice, we have to know that a sacrifice was made for us. Every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we are absolutely sinners. We were born sinners. We can probably think of things we've done in the past few minutes that are warranting repentance. And the fact is, no carnal justice could do the trick, but God did send his only begotten son, a spotless lamb, not just so that he could make Bible stories and things like that. The fact is, he came, he was born a virgin birth. He also, it says that he lived his life upon this globe, that he might be an example to us, and also that he might understand everything that you and I deal with. So he's not some far-off God. It's very personal. And then he went to the cross, and it was my sin and your sin that drove those nails into his hands and feet as they spat upon him and ridiculed him. And then they placed him in that tomb, but on the third day he rose again, and not so it could be some beautiful movie scene. We saw this. We saw the Savior of the world stripped bare and bloody on our behalf, but he rose that we might likewise be raised in such a manner, that we might be in glory with him because he loved us that much. We were worth, not just, not we as a a collective, but even you, just you, were worthy of that sacrifice and that resurrection, that you could be washed clean in a way that you could never have done yourself. So the fact is that we need to be humble enough to say, we don't have this power within us, but the Lord did send his only begotten son so that we could be raised so that we could have eternal life in him. And not even just that, in the here and the hereafter, we could have abundant life, living and and abiding in a power greater than our own. Amen. You know, Andrew, because you and I sinned, we both both broke God's law. And everybody listening uh, right now, we've broken his law. And that caused a death penalty. Amen. And we couldn't afford to pay it. Jesus came to die this death you're talking about to pay our penalty for us. So friends, if you would hear me right now, follow me in prayer. 
Father, forgive me. I have sinned. I have just, I, I broke your law. Lord, I get, I'm, I'm tired of the way this world's going. I, I have nothing left. So I turn it all over to you. I give you my life. Jesus, you are now my Lord. You are now my Savior. Take it. And thank you for dying in my place and paying for the penalty I never could pay for myself. I give you my life. You're my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you said that, you just got saved, my friend. And if you would go to setforliferadio.com, let me know that you got saved. You can also go to andrewbateman.com, and you can get some of his music and listen to a believing Christian who has a gift of guitar playing, and he didn't get it overnight. He got it by solid discipline. Listen to his music and think, if I want the, the, the music of my life to sound as beautiful as this I'm hearing, then you need to dig in and be discipled, and you need to have a discipline to follow the Lord your God and know who He is. Stick with it, and you'll get there. Amen. Amen. Andrew, it's been a pleasure having you. Likewise. Come back sometime again. Anytime. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life. You'll have all you need.